You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And if you have ever wondered why your customers are going to your competitor instead of you, then you want to make sure that you, you tune in to today's episode. I am so happy to have Jeff Brown here with us today. He's got a lot of years of experience in marketing. You know, he was one of the people that saw the death of MySpace, the beginning of Facebook. He has seen all the iterations since then. And he has a wealth of knowledge about why people choose you and why they don't. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So, Jeff, I'm just going to ask you the obvious question right out. Obviously, we're going to dive deep into this. But why are our audience's competitors winning out over them? It's a bummer we don't have more time. <laughs> I wish we still had 24 hours to dig into this. I mean, there's there's a there's a plethora of reasons, and, and it really varies individual to individual. But I'd say the number one thing that I see that happens most frequently is that they are not appealing to where everybody's attention is currently sitting. Everybody's watching in a certain area of the world. 60 years ago, it was radio. 20 years ago, it was television. Now it's social media. Most of the time, people are just ignoring the attention. True. True. I like it. I like it. Well, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into that. So when you say that, you know, they're not being where people's attention are. You want to clarify that just a little bit more? Sure. Yeah, it's things like marketing and attention. They're, they're constantly evolving art. Uh, and when it is treated as a secondary, like, and I'll get to it when I get to it, or, you know, I really, really need to go do this to go get customers mm -hmm. first. You know, a lot of different reasons that keep people from, from looking around and seeing what exactly is appealing, what exactly is working right now. And mm -hmm. dive in and I'll tell you, I had a client a couple of years ago, ended up working with this person for almost three years. And they said, you know, I hired somebody and they, they ran Google ads and they did this very specific thing. And I just, I was just making business hand over fist. I was like, that's fantastic. Good for you. I'm really excited for you. And I'm just listening to him talk about it. I said, I'm just going on, let me stop you. When this was about 2011, wasn't it? When this was happening. And he kind of thought, he was like, yeah, I think it was. I was like, bro, that was 12 years ago. Like the game has completely changed. I want to be able to do that for you, but I cannot replicate that formula to 12 years ago in history and still get the same results. And unfortunately we went back and forth for, for two years about that very, very similar topic. It just never really oh, sunk you know, in. Happened in that happened since then. Yeah. Rising and falling of empires. The state of Texas was a country for just about as long a time. So the world changes in those kinds of in those kinds of scenes. And 
you have to constantly be adjusting. The message that I'm sending out to people now, you know, when I'm sending out content or doing, you know, creating videos, like I want to help the average guy. Uh, six months ago was a completely different message than it is now. I found videos that I posted a year ago and that content is null and void, which sounds overwhelming, but that's the part that's missing is that you have to be adaptive. You have to be able to move. Maybe I need to stop doing email for a little while and do a little bit more TikTok. You don't have to dance in order to do TikTok videos, it, but it has to be adaptive. True. True. I, you know, it's funny because as an entrepreneur, it's hard because first of all, you don't even know where the trends are sometimes. <sighs> yeah. Or you're listening to people who are not up to date, who present themselves as all knowing and yet, you know, they're behind the times as well. So, <laughs> you know, I guess one of the big questions would be how how do you determine? Like, how do you even know where to start? Practice makes perfect. That's that's the fun front part that I usually try to to preface with is is that the more you do this, the more you're going to be able to see genuine authentic reality versus just somebody piping a game to get you to drop your credit card number. <clears throat> The second thing is is that that it's a leap of faith in a certain degree in a lot of levels and credibility, which it again comes with a longevity. If you find someone that's that's long time tried and true, you find someone who's been doing this for a long time, and they're not just chirping somebody else's article about this is what Meta is doing that's going to create the beginning of their downfall or whatever. You can hate Facebook all you want, but I mean, I signed up with Facebook in, in year one. I think I exchanged emails with Mark Zuckerberg at one point, but I'm not positive. But I watched Facebook go public from university only and watched the evolution of the business suite. And there are other people that have been in this game for a long time, and they have that credibility that they can speak genuinely to it, as opposed to dude who's just regurgitating information. So the first thing, I use this metaphor a lot, uh, is that if you, if you never go to the gym and you want to lose weight, the first thing I want you to do is not start studying techniques of, of workouts and all of these things. Just start going to the gym. The fact that you show up means it's going to happen. Even in small scales, you can worry about your fine craft, your fine tuning techniques. And same thing if, like, if you want to publish a book, just start writing. You cannot do anything else if you don't start doing that. And it's the same thing with marketing. Just start posting content. Just start sending emails. Just start coding if you really want to build a website. Whatever it is, you can segue into any level of professionalism. But if you don't start doing the absolute basic fundamental, you're not going to accomplish anything at all. True. Very, very, very true. I liked how you said that because sometimes the first step is the hardest. Mm -hmm. And once you get over that first hurdle, you know, that that first, you know, few sentences you write or you know the the first few push-ups the first few laps in the pool the first few whatever it starts to feel a little more comfortable and then you can go in and and refine and you know one of the things is especially as a publisher is sometimes i encourage people who have never written before don't try to write the book you know hmm. start with blog posts 750 yeah. word blog posts Learn how well, to structure a really good blog post. Yeah. Then you learn how to structure a really good long form blog post. Yep. By the time you're structuring a really good long form blog post, you're almost ready to write a chapter. <laughs> I. It's brilliant. I mean, it's beautiful. Like I absolutely love that that methodology because first off, tear it down into the smallest possible chunks that you can. It becomes chewable. Like you can actually eat it at that point, and. 
yeah, if, if you do what you know, or if you do something that's really easy, even if it feels insignificant, like the first time you do it, you're like, I didn't actually accomplish anything. But a couple of things that happen later is that second, first off is you look back at it and you're like, okay, first off, this isn't as terrible as I thought it was. It didn't cut me in the heart. I survived. So maybe it was all right. And then the second thing that you notice is that I'm actually better at this than I thought I was. And that practice makes perfect. If you're video editing, if you're writing, if even if just typing, just staring at a screen, you find different things that you just learn how to do better. I agree entirely. You know, the smallest bite-sized piece is possible. Um, it, and it just makes everything else. It makes all the big projects doable. Yeah. You know, here's the thing is consistency is a key factor because in most cases in entrepreneurship in in marketing in sales, like all of these types of things, you know, you've got to put in the time, you've got to put in the effort, you've got to pay the cost, you've got to do it consistently for a period of time before you hit momentum, before you see the growth that you want. You know, a lot of times you're, uh, you know, you're putting in a lot of time, a lot of effort, and you're not seeing a lot of results. But what you don't realize is that it's little piece on little piece on little piece on little piece on little piece until you kind of hit that point where all of a sudden everything changes, you know, uh, in less than 24 hours, I'm going to be on a plane. And one of the analogies that I love is the fact that most of the fuel in the plane is used up getting it up into the sky. Mm -hmm. Once it's up in the sky, it uses very little fuel in comparison to how much it took to get the airplane up there. Yeah, And it's the same thing a lot of times with, you know, entrepreneurship, with your marketing, with your sales and all that, you know, you're going to be doing stuff. You're going to be moving the needle a little bit, moving the needle a little bit, expending a lot of energy. You're feeling like, you know, you're putting all this effort in and you're not seeing any growth. You're not seeing any results, but there does come a point where I think you can't always do it all on your own, right? Like mm -hmm. you always have to get started. And then there does come a point when, if you, if you really want to move forward, you have to have mentorship. You have to have someone guide you. You have to have someone teach you and train you. You know, you can't do it on own. Like I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. I can't say that I am a marketer, but I love marketing. And, you know, studied a lot of it over the years. And so I understand all the main concepts and things like that, but I'm not a marketer. But this summer I was, well, actually, this will be 2024. So summer of 2023, uh, I wanted to create a new product line. It's just going to be starting to launch. And uh, I knew I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I was trying to figure this thing out. I mean, I knew how to do it, but I needed perspective. So I, I spent the summer with two to three specialists getting the right perspective that I needed to be able to create an effective product and not have to do it twice. Like it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I want to push on something. You said you're market you said you're not a marketer, but you are doing marketing. And I just I disagree. I think that everybody is a marketer. It's just the question is whether or not you're doing effective marketing. Because <clears throat> marketing is is nothing more than controlling the conversation. Everybody's going to be talking sure. about your product as soon as the first person sees it they're going to be talking about it. Marketing has been accomplished from the very first step. And with social media, that's made that even more accessible. You can create an account, post a video of absolutely nothing, and somebody's usually gonna see it within the first few minutes. 
That's just how the algorithm performs. They want new content True. to be pushed. So everybody, even more than ever, you are all marketers. Everyone is. It's just the question is how good are you at it? Or how confident are you at it? You know, I work with clients mm. all the time. And they're like, no, I'm just a content creator. Or I'm just, I'm just, I just do this. I just create sandwiches. It's like, yeah, bro. But every sandwich that goes out your door is speaking for your business in some capacity. And so every new product, you know, 20 years, I guarantee you have not done just one thing. Got the same addiction. Always be starting something new. Marketing is tied into it. You're either consciously working on it or you're not. Mm -hmm. True, true. I think I just more meant that I'm, I'm not a marketer by profession. It's, I love marketing. I do marketing, but I'm not a, I don't own a marketing agency. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's fine. It's not milk for everybody. <laughs> but that's why I'm a publisher, because that's what I, I I love, love doing. Jeff, we're going to take a quick ad break here. Audience, RTA Publishing has lots of great resources for you. 15 to 17 second ads going to share with you one of the resources that is available to you to help you convert Take your content, take your books that convert readers into clients, and then help you to scale your business. Writing and publishing a book that converts readers into clients and scales your business is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Get my free checklist at bit.ly forward slash create and scale that will show you what you need to do to have your book become a well-converting lead generating tool. Welcome back. Jeff, I would love to hear a bit of your story. How did you, you know, how did you get into the trenches very, very, very early on? I, I got sucked in by, I don't know, genetics or environment or something. And no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't get out of the, the gravitation. I tried many times. In fact, I was doing marketing for a decade before I realized I was even doing marketing. It was, it was always no matter what kind of job I did. I mean, I worked for Starbucks for a while and I, found that I was doing more advertising and sales than I was, you know, barista coffee service. I would, I would spend more time out on the floor and who, anybody who's ever lived and breathed Starbucks knows that this just doesn't happen. Baristas don't go on the floor to the merchandise and like guide you through the process and walk you through, you know, this, these are the benefits of this. And, you know, if we move this product over here, it's going to have a higher exposure rate and all of these things and get high fives for selling a thousand dollar espresso machine. But I wouldn't get anything else from it other than the high five. And I can't pay bills with high fives. So it was a constant back and forth that every job that I worked in, advertising, sales, selling ads in, in magazines, no matter what I did, I was always working with the entrepreneur. The, the owner operator was the guy that I would get excited about. Larger organizations, I just wanted the contract and was meeting with someone uh, many years ago. And, and she said, you know, what would be your perfect daily life? Like if you could just set your daily schedule, what would it be? I said, man, I would love to meet with entrepreneurs just on a daily basis, work with them directly in the trenches where they are, here are their struggles. And it's not that they can't do, you know, advanced marketing strategy, yada, yada. They just chose to become an expert in their product instead of doing marketing. I would love, I feel like it's a service to help them through that mm -hmm. stuff because entrepreneurs, we're a special breed of crazy. Like learn that truth, right? <laughs> Put in crazy amounts of hours, not getting paid in the hopes that it's going to come back to us in this massive product or service or something that helps people. And I just, whenever I'm not in it, I feel an empty space in my heart that I'm not helping entrepreneurs. And so I absolutely adore doing it. And so five years ago, a little more than five years ago now, I said, you know, I can do this for a living. 
and I'm going in. So I work specifically with owner operators, the guy who's actually on in the trenches doing the work and he or she works directly with me. I've got a team of specialists because I practice the philosophy of hire people who know what they're doing and then get the hell out of their way and let them do it. And so they yeah. come in with their angles and their perspective, which makes what we offer even better. You've got somebody who can look at your project from a design standpoint, from a color palette standpoint, somebody else that can look at it from the social media impact. And how do we make this trigger the algorithm to like what you're doing? And so it's, it's, it's stepped stoned each way into an, I can't get away from it. And maybe this is love. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but it has, as over the course of nearly the last two decades, just constantly like, dude, this is what you want to do. This is what you want to do. Like the heart speaks, you can listen or you can avoid it, but either way it wins out eventually. And so I'm doing what I love. I like it, Jeff. I think it just, you know, it's funny. There was, when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be a, a teacher. And by high school, I wanted to be a music teacher. And, you know, I, I never did it professionally, but I actually volunteered for seven years at my kid's school teaching music. So I did that. But I also realized in my early 20s that there was something else inside of me. There was an entrepreneur waiting to come out. Mm -hmm. Now, I spent 20 years figuring out where that entrepreneurship was finally going to land and come out in its best form, which is me owning a publishing company. But there were things all along the way. It was like, it was like my heart was happy when I was an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you know, when I was helping people, when I was helping the family by making money, when, when I was moving forward in business and, but then it was also killing me when I didn't move forward in business, when things didn't go as planned. Right. But yeah, you, you are right. We are definitely a unique form of crazy because, yep. well, I describe entrepreneurship like this. It's a bowl of spaghetti. You're in, out, up, down, around, whatever. You don't know where one end is from the other. And you hope that along this crazy ride somewhere, you'll actually get to where you want to go. Agree. And that was, that was part of why I ended up how I, like that whole mess and usually gets like amplified in college. Cause I think it's hilarious that you say that because I started my college degree as a music performance major and my mother is a retired music elementary music teacher. So a lot of overlap there. Uh, I bounced and no matter how much I bounced, like I ended up changing off of music because instead of spending six hours a day in a practice room, I was on Excel because I thought Excel spreadsheets were cool. Like that's <laughs> when you know that your brain just doesn't function like everybody else. It took me a long time to start being receptive about it, but it's like a music staff. Like I, I could see yeah. going from music to an Excel spreadsheet. Order note equals sum. Yeah, no, thank you. No. It just doesn't ring the same way. And I did enjoy it, but it didn't have the same kind of love that I have now. Enjoy waking up and getting to, to work with people in the morning. I have another meeting after this podcast that is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I had one previous to this one with my management team. And this highlights my day. And I have to actually cut myself off at the end of the day. That's the crazy part. And whenever times get hard, when times get really bad, you still enjoy doing it. Which, by the way, that's, I don't know if this is okay. Tell me if this is not okay. I'm watching live comments. And is it cool if we hit questions? Like, is that all right if we pull off and take a scenic yeah, stop I'll, for I'll a second show the and question. do that? Look at you go. That's fancy. Oh, I mean, very good. It felt like it segued in. So, can we go down this route for a minute? Yeah, sure. 
I love it. Okay. I want actually I want to hear what you've got first. I want to hear if you've got thoughts on this question because I think it's a really good question. So for those who are listening and not watching this, Augustina on LinkedIn, she left a comment. What if you started but you don't see growth and you don't know how to keep up? Like you took the first step, but great, what's next? Here's the thing with entrepreneurship is is that you're going to have to pay the cost, right? And sometimes you have to keep doing things even when it doesn't seem to always be producing results. Now, there are activities we do that we have to get rid of because they're just not good activities. But when you're doing the right activities, you have to trust that as you continue to do those right activities, you're going to see results. And that's that's the resiliency in that you have to have as an entrepreneur, knowing that you're keeping doing this even though you can't see the results yet. 100%. Taylor Swift was performing to empty rooms before stadiums were filling up waiting on her to show up. Yeah. And I mean, I'm in Nashville. This is this is the area like this she grew up near here. And so it's it's 100% true. It takes it takes faith, it takes that confidence. It takes it takes reaching inside and grabbing a hold of something saying, "Look, I love this too much to not let it go." Which is why I don't work with people that are just like, "Yeah, I just like money." Like, well, then your product's never going to last. You just need to go buy a franchise. They it's going to take thousands of posts. You know, this this perspective, what I would tell Augustina is you need to zoom out. You've done con put in the, the work that based on the way that in which you're looking at it, your zoomed in lens says I should start getting results at this point. But you're dealing with fathom the millions of other posts that you're competing with. If you're doing social media, for example, mm-hmm. thousands, it takes thousands to start gaining growth. And each time it's an inch. You know, when I first started doing all of this stuff, I was like, okay, there's going to be like this, this Hollywood story where all of a sudden something catches and it explodes. Sometimes that happens. Most of the time it's inches, inches and persistence. I will never give up. If two people, Will Smith said this, if you and I get on a treadmill side by side, either of two things are going to happen. I'm going to fall down dead or you're going to quit first. And it's, it's that vibe that, that makes it possible to, to push through. So what I would tell Augustina here is keep going. Look at a longer game. I mean, if you're under 50 years old, you've still got time. You've got a longer game. Keep going. Keep posting. Keep finding something that you enjoy doing. If you hate getting in front of a camera, don't get in front of a camera. Yeah. It's simple. Just keep pushing through. You will win. It is the formula of inevitability. The other thing, and I'm going to bring up another question because we had another comment come through. Um, Here's the thing. Sometimes with entrepreneurship, you know, like we've got marketing, but marketing sometimes is a long-term game, right? So as an entrepreneur, sometimes you do have to keep doing things and then you have to do other things. You know, I, one of the things I did was I learned how to sell. So I learned how to sell without using social media. Now I think social media is a valuable tool. Podcasting is a valuable tool. They're all long-term games though. They're not they're not short term. So you still have to learn how to sell, be bringing money into your business, learn how to work yeah. with your clients, put in systems, but don't forget the marketing. Keep doing it because that's what's going to, you know, that's ultimately what's going to help you take it past just a simple business into actually something that's going to, you know, change your life, change your client's life, change your employee's life. Stephanie left a comment. So let's take a look at what she said here. 
How long do you wait to see if things are working to see those inches before pivoting? I'll let you take that one, Jeff. <laughs> okay. I think we're not we're not talking about quitting. We're talking about pivoting as in make do I make the adjustment? We're assuming that you love what you do to begin with. And I think there's 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 a part of it that's always pivoting. We were talking about this at the beginning. This is a social media thing. You have to adjust, make the adaptation. You know, if you'd waited until just now to start getting on Facebook, you've missed the boat because Facebook engagement has gone up during the pandemic. It was at its absolute peak. And then other platforms really made way and they started coming in. If you're just now getting in on Facebook, now you're too late. Just like if you open a VCR stand, you're too late. So there's a part of it that you're always pivoting. And that's why really start with that, that find your passion. There's an old, I think it's an old Chinese proverb that says a man who enjoys walking will walk much further than a man who's trying to walk somewhere. And so if you ah. love what you do, you're going to keep doing it and you can pivot doing it. I used to, uh, I was part of a, a performance group that said, you know what? It doesn't really matter because we love what we do. We love who we are. This organization is what we do. If our activities cease tomorrow, we'd become a professional bowling team. Like we would always pivot so that way we can stay together. And I would say that that's, that's the answer to this question is, is you're always pivoting. You don't wait. Yeah. You take the initiative and say, look, I'm posting on Instagram constantly. Do I need to keep posting on Instagram or do I need to look at threads or YouTube shorts or TikTok or any of the other newer platforms that have been showing up? You're always making small adjustments. Now, if you get to a point where you're, you just feel like you're flailing, you feel like you're getting obsessed with the numbers, you feel like you're not doing it, it might be important for you from an emotional standpoint to take a hard pivot for your own well-being. Like maybe if you're writing and constantly blogging and nobody's ever catching on to your writing, then maybe it's a good idea to take a step back for a couple of days and say, I love writing, but it's really bothering me that no one's consuming it. Maybe it's better to shift gears and take some of your work to a different medium. Maybe you want to switch over to email. Maybe you want to go plug it into TikTok's AI text-to-speech tool. Start taking your work and plugging it into your text-to-speech and start posting medium, short to medium form content on TikTok. So people can just sit there and watch your video and listen to your text. You're still a writer if you yeah. do it that way. But I'd say you check your heart first before you make a hard pivot. But as far as day-to-day -day operations, constantly making adjustments, constantly making pivots. I think, you know, something that's important too is you've got to have, oh, the, what's the word? You want to make sure that you're writing in the right way. You know, one of the things that I teach and train on, even just for entrepreneurs, even if you aren't writing a book, is if you're creating content, I use the word create, okay? So, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll share this with you, Jeff. You can let me know what you think. But, you know, the thing is, is you want your content to create relationship with the reader. You want your content to reveal the real problem. You want your content to answer their questions. You know, you want your content to be targeted to a specific person. You know, yeah. if you're just writing here or there and your topics are all over the place and, you know, there's no coherence to it. And, you know, this week you're, oh, you're writing to moms and, you know, next week you're writing to dads and, you know, the week after you're writing to kids or, you know, creating content, not just writing, but creating content, you're not going to get that cohesiveness and ultimately the consistency factor that you want. And then it has to be excellently done. Like you can't create content and have 50 million spelling mistakes in it. You can't <laughs> do videos where all you do is go, well, like, so uh, 
Yeah, it's not. Um, well, like you have to, you have, you have to improve some things sometimes. So let me make sure I'm getting it clear. Are you asking about the the quantity versus quality? Like, am I am I nutshelling that? Okay. I think it's just more. Sometimes there's there's not a plan to the content. Like people are posting content, but you know, as an entrepreneur, I think your content has to be targeted. Like you have to know who your target market is. You have to create content that speaks to them, especially if you're using your content to help you build your business, right? So you need to know who your target market is. You need to know, you know, where's their pain, right? Like you need to be able to speak to them in a way that they see you as the person who has the answer. Like if you're just, you know, like popcorn, just putting out content here, there, anywhere without sort of a game plan to it, I think, you know, you're going to, you're not going to see the results you want. Okay. I understand better. Thanks. That understanding who you're talking to. In fact, with every single new client that I start working with, that's the very first thing that we do. We start shooting out little drips of content just to start getting stuff out there for people. But we start doing heavy, heavy research on understanding the target demographics. We're trying to understand target demographics is a little bit more data centric. We call them, we just call them avatars because we want to understand the personality of who we're talking to, not 17% of Gen Z does X, Y, and Z. We want to understand what Jacob does, what he feels, what he thinks. Yeah. Because then you can write to him, you can appeal to him. You know, I don't want to try to solve a problem that you don't think is a problem. So I need to know what you think is a problem to begin with. Yeah, understanding that reader. And again, it goes back to just start posting, just start creating, because then you start finding out through feedback exactly what your audience appreciates. And that is constantly adjusting. It's constantly changing. So writing to specific types of people, I find it useful on my end whenever I create to imagine a specific person. And after I've done the research, I can create that persona because I find it easier to talk to an individual than it is to talk to a room. You use a lot more you and a lot less of they. So enjoy that a lot. Um, I find it, I find it fun. I really find it fun to, to have a specific person or specific type of person that I'm talking to instead of the big room. The big room is overwhelming and it's intimidating. It's so much more fun to have an intimate conversation with somebody and my writing gets better. My creation, my video gets better. My audio gets better. It doesn't matter what channel it is. It just gets better if I feel like I'm speaking and I'm glad that you sent a profile of who we are creating for here. It helps so much more. Jeff, oh man, we are just about out of time. We're not going to get to the third segment today. Jeff is working on his book, so I think we'll have you back and the next time we'll we'll talk about your book, but cuz we just don't have enough time left in the episode I to get, get into that today. But Jeff, what I would love for you to do is just share a couple of final thoughts with us. And, you know, if people have enjoyed this episode, how can they connect with you? Yeah, easiest ways to to, to follow on socials. We're doing a lot on Instagram at Box6Marketing. That's the number six. You can also just go to Box6Marketing.com that has the, the general spread of who we are and what we do and how you can how you can track one of my major objectives is to give away as much free advice as possible. So there's usually videos, comments, blogs, there's all kinds of stuff going out of just little tidbits to help. If somebody does want to help more, we do consultations, we do work directly with clients. And then we've also got a lot more just budget, budget friendly content as well. Cause my whole mission is that anybody who goes into a bike shop should be able to buy no matter what their budget is. If they've got $5, if they've got $5,000, there needs to be a product that's available for them. 
So that's that's how I do things. But the biggest thing is just just get tied into the network, just get tied into our communication because I want to meet, I want to get your DM, I want to get that message, and I want to meet you and understand you and know who you are because not all advice is universal. Sometimes it does have to be specific. Yeah. So just start getting, just to become a part of the conversations, start taking advantage of all of the free stuff. Why not? It's out there. So yeah, that's that's the best way to do it. So what would be one or two final thoughts? Bill Gates in 1981 said that content is king. It's now a lot more true than it ever was back then. The the biggest thing is just start creating. Don't be scared of what's bad. Nobody's going to judge you. They just want to gain value. And even if you have thrown out a, a thousand pieces of content, you're going to accidentally get something right. So just go, just do. And if you think that you're not worthy, if you think, what am I doing? I am... I don't deserve any of this. What am I thinking? I'm crazy. That imposter syndrome thing. If anybody asks if they're worthy, they're automatically worthy. People who actually are imposters don't ever ask themselves that question. So just do it. I had it this morning. I promised that all the members of Congress and the greatest celebrities in your life go through the exact same struggle. The difference is that they push forward. So just do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, thank you so much. It's been such a joy and a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Audience, if you are watching this and you're thinking, okay, where do I go next? I want to encourage you to go back to episode 450, Why Founders Get Stuck. If you are watching on YouTube, you know the routine. I'm never sure where my daughter puts the thumbnail. I haven't figured that one out yet. One day we will have that conversation. I know I say it every episode, but, you know, she doesn't live with me anymore. I'm not talking to her as much as I used to. But you will see the thumbnail here on the screen. If you are listening on your podcast app, you're probably going to want to scan back about 20 to 30 episodes. And I guarantee you it will help you, especially with how we ended the episode today. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show. Audience, wow, thank you so much. Oh, it's all I can just say. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and we will see you on the very next episode. Have a great day, everyone. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.